Welcome to the drop-in sessions on Wavelength Community Radio, presented by Mermaid Jin, with your host, Sophie Everard. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of the drop-in sessions here on Wavelength Community Radio, brought to you by the lovely folk at Mermaid Jin, the Isle of Wight-based purveyors of the finest handcrafted spirits rooted in nature and botanicals. It brings me great pleasure to welcome you to this episode of the drop-in sessions. Every so often in life, an athlete comes along who truly blows the doors of the realms of what's possible. I'm so stoked to be welcoming Stephanie Gilmore to the drop-in sessions, fresh off claiming her record-breaking eighth world title, following her mind-blowing performance at the 2022 Rip Curl WSL Finals at Lower Trestles, California this September. That iconic victory, which she described as her best ever, more on that to come, makes her the greatest of all time in women's professional surfing. And man, was it some epic watching and clearly no cakewalk. Coming into the finals as the fifth ranked seed, she stormed through her heats, including two against an on-fire five-time world champ Carissa Moore to take her eighth world title, usurping fellow countrywoman and legend Lane Beachley Seven. Now, you don't earn a mantle like the goat easy. 34-year-old Steph had already signed, sealed, and delivered her place amongst the greatest of all time prior to Trestles. Ever since New South Wales-born Steph Gilmore burst into competitive surfing with her win as a wildcard at the 2005 Roxy Pro Gold Coast event, she galvanized women surfing with her unique combination of style, power, panache, and generally captivating energy and awesomeness. Steph first qualified for the then ASB Women's Championship Tour in 2007, winning four of the eight events during her rookie year and claiming her first world title. Maybe you're like me and you've worshipped at the Church of Steph for her mesmerizing, style-saturated surfing that's a pleasure to watch, no matter if it's in movies, short Instagram clips, or when she's turning it up on the competitive circuit. She's the star of numerous sweet flicks, including Stephanie in the Water, Surfing, Jungle, Electric Wave, and Girls Can't Surf. She's also the owner of a pretty stacked bullion cabinet of trophies, including the Laureus World Action Sports Person of the Year Award in 2010. Best Female Action Sports Athlete ESP Award in 2011 and 13, and she's been inducted into the Surfers Hall of Fame. Don't think she's nearly done, though, as you'll discover during this podcast. Stephanie Gilmore, welcome to the drop-in sessions. How are you? I'm so good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing excellent, and I'm so glad we could make this time together. And I mean, like, Few. So we're basically a month or so out of an absolutely monumental event. Uh, listeners, if you've been hiding under a rock, even if you have, I doubt that you'll have missed that Steph recently won a record-breaking eighth world surfing title after an absolutely killer finals day at Trestles. Firstly, biggest congratulations. Has the dust began to settle and how is this win settling in for you? Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I've had a month or so now to really process uh, what happened on that day. And um, yeah, you know, I I think I just started out this year not so great. I missed Pipeline and didn't do good at Sunset. And I was, you know, feeling a bit discouraged on the whole um, mission for the year. And and then I just decided to stick with it. and, And I thought, you know, we'll see what happens. But I just just made it into the first cut to have the back end of the season and then I finally just snuck into the top five and um, yeah I don't know I feel like because I was in the finals last year 
and I was able to experience what that felt like and, you know, how I just, I guess, all the mistakes that I made and everything. I just learned a lot from that. So going into the finals this year, I just had, you know, I had a better outlook on on everything and, and my intentions were a lot um, stronger this time. And yeah, and so it's it's been, you know, it's pretty crazy to, to think that I was actually able to do it. Um, I think for everyone it was like, well, to start from fifth and go the whole way, they weren't sure if it was possible and, and neither was I, but um, I thought I may as well have a have a try. And, and uh, yeah, it's really, that's the best performance of, of my career to date for sure. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like I'm so keen to dive into what was, like your psyche approaching that day, because you said it, it must have been so much work for you to be able to achieve what you did, being ranked fifth seed going in that day. And your performance was like nothing short of Rocky Balboa, bad less levels of epicness. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. what it was like. <laughs> for sure, some Eye of the Tiger. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I wasn't listening to Eye of the Tiger, although that that would have been a good thing to do, actually. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it was a lot of fun, and and I think um, you know the main part was just that I really committed to the mission, and and um, I was very comfortable at lower trestles, so I could kind of eliminate a lot of worries about certain things, and and just you know I knuckled down on my nutrition and my physical fitness, and also my mental health, and just yeah, I just I've made sure I covered every single area leading into the day, so when it all happened, it it felt. Um, you know, by no means did it feel easy, but it's almost like I don't remember so much of the day. It's like it all just happened and, and it felt like quite seamless. And um, and then before I knew it, you know, I was in the second heat against Carissa in the final and, and she was like missing waves and just it just felt like the universe was was going for me that day. It was, it was weird. Very cosmic. <laughs> Very cosmic. Yes, it was like the stars aligned probably. Exactly, yeah. And um you just described it as like your best performance ever. And also I think in a WSL interview as the best win you've ever had, could you elaborate on why it exactly was? Yeah. I mean, I've had some wonderful wins in my career and ones that I'm very proud of, but I guess to, uh, at most events, you know, we might surf once or twice, maximum three times in a day. And, um, you you're usually not going to come up against all of the top seeds in one day you know especially not all the girls ahead of you in the rankings so um I think that that was really the beauty of it was that you know from the very beginning I was up against Brisa Hennessy who was on fire this year and and uh she had an injury about midway through the season which kind of I think hindered her her run towards the finish there and then um I thought I had a really rocky start and, and then I just thought, all right, if I can make this happen in the last few minutes, then that's that's a really good adrenaline shock, see if I can run off that into the next heat. And and coming up against Tatiana, who, you know, Tatiana's a really incredible athlete and, and I thought to myself, if I can beat Tatiana in these kinds of conditions, then I think I can go the whole way. So it was sort of like the confidence boost that I needed and, and I had to also – I don't know, I had to find some manoeuvres that were surprising to the judges and sort of bring something new to the table, which is what I did, and the judges really liked that. And um, and then when I came up against Joanne, I just was in such good form. You know, I couldn't – I just felt like my decision-making was perfect and 
Um, I was just having fun. And, yeah, and then when I got up to, against Carissa, I just kind of got into this headspace like, well, I have nothing to lose at this point. Like, yeah, it would suck to come this whole way and, and lose, but at the same time I was I was very grateful that I'd made it that far and, and uh, I was stoked. But I also was thinking, man, all the pressure's on Carissa here. So I was able to have a little more freedom and, and I was able to just see how far I could push her and get in her head and just, you know, be a little bit more sassy in my competitive strategy. And, and, um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like it just, I kind of came back to that place of being a grom and being so thirsty for competition. And, um, and I just also appreciated the moment so much because Throughout my career, yes, I've won a lot of world titles, but very few. I mean, I think only one of them I have actually won in the water. Um, and so to be in the water against Carissa, who in my mind is, you know, she's the greatest woman um, to compete against because she's so tough and, you know, she's five world titles in, but I'm sure she could go and win 10, 12, as many as she wants, really. She's so good. And, um, and so, yeah, I just thought this is such a great moment and if I can – if I can really take the reins here and and um, just commit to this moment and enjoy it, then uh, it'll be one of the best of my careers. So that that really was it to be able to go through the whole pack of of young, talented, incredible female athletes that were ahead of me on the rankings, and to beat all of them, and then to beat Carissa twice in one day is like unheard of. You don't you don't do that in any competition usually. So. Um, I'd say that's why it was my best win. Yeah, incredible. I totally agree with that. And um, I mean, like your career now has straddled different eras, really, of women's surfing. For example, you were competing against Lane Beachley and you've come through the time when pay parity has been introduced, which I believe you had a large role in. And women are now enjoying awesome locations on the tour schedule that truly gets to showcase the best of their abilities, like Pipe and Chopu. And we've got the Big Wave Tour. So having coming having come through much of the metamorphosis of women's surfing, what's your perception now of the evolution of women's professional surfing from your first year on tour to today? Like how do you feel about its current standing now? Yeah, I think um, when I think of the main uh, attribute that the women show on tour now is like, there's a lot more spice in their surfing. Like, yes, I, I think when I first came on tour, the women are all very physically strong. You know, they trained really hard. Um, but they didn't quite have the same dynamic approach that the women do now. And they, they have the strength and the dynamics and they also have um, shapers, I believe, who are more willing to put time and effort into what equipment works the best for them. So I'd say that's the the biggest changes for us is that we we've really got great equipment and um and yeah the girls are they're getting spicy and and I'm I'm watching the future girls coming through and you know I'm a huge fan of Katie Simmers and Sierra Kerr and Erin Brooks and all of these young girls are just insane they're so they're doing all these acrobats and you know Katie's a a girl who's she's throwing combinations on waves where she's doing big calves and then she's throwing an aerial straight after it and and to me that's an area that women surfing um is really starting to 
the blossom, yeah, we're a bit behind the guys in that area, but I also I love that we're taking our own time, you know, we're getting stronger in our own areas and and um yeah, and that the sports it's uh evolving in a natural in an organic way and so um yeah the future's bright but I, I really love that idea of of those challenges I think Kelly Slater is a huge inspiration for me in that respect that he's been able to compete at such a top level through multiple different generations and different styles of surfing and um you know I think my surfing is is pretty pretty similar to what it's been in the beginning but um but yeah I've just uh I feel like now that the women's events are also held in heavier surf I'm learning so much more about how to be a better surfer in in heavier conditions and I think that that's one of the areas that I need to work on a lot and and what I enjoy is is pushing myself to learn more so um yeah that's the beauty of surfing too you know you can win a bunch of world titles but like you can never really beat the ocean so to speak yeah <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. There's like, you actually took a question, the words out of my mouth. Cause I was going to be like, who do you feel like, how is the future safe in the hands of some of the next Groms coming up? And you already mentioned them girls like Katie and Aaron and Sierra. It's just like mm-hmm. the next generation, so to speak, it will be so exciting to see them come up. Yeah. But I mean, they're, I was- they're still even a few years off. Like I, I also just think of like Betty Lou, um, yes. she's awesome. Uh, Luana Silva, Gabriella Bryan, like so many of the, the rookies who came on tour this year that they didn't make that first cut, but, um, you know, they put in some excellent performances. And, yeah, the, the that's the coolest thing that I've experienced from travelling the world now is that I've just – there's so many young women surfing. I mean, women of all ages surfing, but, like, the the talent level all around the world in places – that you know, you know, you never imagine that you'd see that many young women in the water, and and they're everywhere, and and they love it, and that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely, and I also like your point about saying how like there's a lot of spice now in women surfing, and I think mm-hmm. with you, I think you, so many people are fans of yours because you have that spice. It's like you're obviously an incredibly driven competitive surfer but like you said earlier as well that just kind of like sense of fun and almost like grom like stoke is still so evident in your surfing and especially in like the clips you might put out on your instagram and it's just like absolutely infectious um Mm. which is why i think so many people i mean that's why i love your surfing so much it's like combining that kind of like competitive eye of the tiger shit that we love seeing in competition but then just that like damn god darn honest love of surfing stoke which i think is just yeah super infectious and yeah i think that that's that's like to me that's longevity like if you can keep a balance between the desire to to improve and to be a a champion and you're a leader or whatever it is but also make sure that you keep that the love and the the passion for it then you can go as you know age just becomes a number at that point you can go as long as you want um so yeah that that's always been a a really important thing for me is just to make sure that at the end of the day like i i love free surfing and i love being in the ocean and and if i can do that but still have the stage to perform on when i want to then then that's um that's an amazing balance totally and talking about like 
we sort of went over some of the new changes that have gone through, you know, happened through the years of women's surfing and especially adding these new stops like Pipe and Sunset, Chopu, um, which have really opened the door, I think, as well, yeah, for seeing how the ladies really are standing up to those new challenges and the incredible skill and new levels of surfing that are coming with that. But are there any changes you'd still really like to see in terms of, you know, we've had pay parity introduced, these new stops, etc. But is there anything you deem is still being really important for women's professional surfing at this point? Um, I think that, I mean, yeah, there's been so many great changes so far and, and there's always room for improvement and that's with anything. Um, I guess one of the biggest things next is that to think that we cut down to only top 10 women, um, mm. you know, halfway through the season, that's such a small amount of women and, like, yeah, I just remember thinking last year, um, sorry, this year, at the start of this year when Betty Lou and Luana um, didn't make the cut and, mm. and you know, it, I was just like, wow, there's so much talent that I think we could really open up the numbers. We, we could make the tour a lot bigger and, you know, um, we could definitely have equal numbers to the guys now and, and the talent's there to be entertaining enough and, and um, so, yeah, I, I really think that's the next step. Mm, yeah, and I think when we kind of compare surfing to other sports as well and just kind of like if we're looking at the interest of people wanting to follow it, say, you know, when the Women's Football or Soccer World Cup uh, happened this year, it like blew all viewing figures out the water, in Europe at least, for how many people were tuning in. So I feel like when those changes are introduced, it's so clear that there's also like audience appetite for it as well. So, yeah, that's really, that was always the excuse like, well, the, you know, the women shouldn't get paid as much because not as many people watch it. But it's like, well, if you put the women's sport on primetime television, people would watch it, like build it and they will come. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot of evidence in a lot of women's sports lately and when they've made those decisions to to get the women up in the forefront of, of everyone's view. so Absolutely. And uh, I just feel like for you as well, you're, you're an athlete who's sort of, you've transcended the sport of surfing and you're just synonymous with women's sport, period, at this point. And sort of in the wider scope of women's sport, like this could be one, one change, you know, build it and they will come and just that kind of opportunity. Is there anything else you would deem as important to continue the development of women's sport at this stage? Like any key challenges to get over or resources that might be important? Yeah, I mean, I think about one of the main countries, say, um, like a question that I always want to know is, like, where are the Brazilian women surfers? Because the Brazilian mm. men are dominating the men's tour. So where are the young women? Like what, what's happening here? What's the disconnect? Is it the financial support? I mean, clearly it's financial support from sponsors. Um, is it a cultural thing? Like is it they're not supported from their families to chase a, an athletic dream? Or like, what, like, yeah, it seems interesting to me that like what, where's the disconnect there? And, and so I, mm. I always think about that. But, um, but, yeah, for sure I think that, uh the prize money is equal for sure um which is amazing but yeah we still have a lot of a lot of movement to grow for um women in in terms of 
um, financial support sponsorship wise. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I think every industry took a big hit during COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's always a tough, tough topic. But um, yeah, I think when you have that financial support and also support from like local sport clubs and local, um, you know, surf communities and stuff, then that really allows young women to see a legitimate career path for themselves to to follow those dreams. Absolutely. That's such an interesting point as well regarding the Brazilians because we kind of like have it this this era from the men's side of like Brazilian domination. And yeah, yeah I mean like Silvana Lima, she was always one of my favorite surfers. Yes, Silvana's amazing. I mean Silvana in my eyes, she's still the best female aerialist that I've seen. Um and you know, it just, it sort of blows my mind that someone like Silvana probably never got the financial support of, mm. of, of like a Felipe Toledo or something. So it's, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, that's, that's just questions that I always want to ask. And it's good to, to continually put those questions forward to, to the people in the Brazilian surf industry and whatnot. And just to, yeah, just to be curious because the only way to help is if to, you know, actually figure it out and figure out what's happening yeah absolutely well that'll be interesting to see yeah what happens next because i for one would definitely like to see more sylvana limas out in the world i mean she's just yeah she's still so incredible but um yeah just kind of like looking back at back at you and your just like your passion and like the happiness surfing brings you like hopefully you've managed to get a bit of chill time after trestles (laughs) but I'm pretty sure you've got a busy schedule and but is there like what are you is there anything you're already excited about or perhaps coming up in your own surfing I I mentioned those creative clips and edits you put out um (laughs) and just like how epic those are like have you got anything coming up have you got any free surfing trips are you going to be able to just chill and like have some fun surfing for yourself yeah for sure I mean I've had um a couple days here and there at home now we've had some waves and you know there's always photographers reaching out to shoot and this and that but I I get so much joy in just running down the hill and going for a surf by myself no cameras and none of that just just going back to the the basics of what it is I fell in love with surfing for and I think it's really important to do that but um but yeah I I just love watching surf films I love watching people surfing on the tv you know it's like surfing is the coolest visual experience you can have and and so for me I would love to yeah to really um commit to to working on some more um surf film projects and that can be with other women with other guys like I really just want to go on some trips with other surfers that I really admire and um and just get some cool footage but I also have a lot of um competitive desires as well you know uh, straight after I won I was thinking more about the the places that I didn't put in a good result like I didn't I didn't get the the trophy and and I was straight away thinking like man that's that's my next goals so I'd love to win a pipeline and I really want to get better in Tahiti and um and yeah basically just get better in in places where I feel uncomfortable so yeah that's kind of the the goals looking forward which which is pretty fun amazing and um yeah that's that's really awesome on like surf films I feel like there's so many 
awesome surf movies coming out like in the last years. I love the Jerry Lopez one, just like the footage. Yeah, I just watched that. Footage. Is this so good? Like the footage of him like at G Land and just like how so there cool. wasn't a single soul there. I just love that like vintage footage. It's so beautiful the way it's captured, isn't it? I know. I was so jealous of all those beautiful <laughs> photos and just the steez that those guys had back in the day. It was just so cool the way they were matching their board shorts with their their sprays yes. and boards and just everything was like the most perfect picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I know um, like the Jeff Devine photography from that era yes. on the north of Hawaii too is just so iconic and um yeah, I'm I'm such a huge fan of Jerry's. I actually I went to his film screening down in um Byron Bay here and, and listened to him and Stacey Peralta talk mm. and do like a QA after the film and, and um yeah, everything they, I mean everything Jerry says is quite philosophical and and um badass, but yeah, he's he's okay. awesome. He's such a legend, like yeah, such a beautiful movie. Yeah, Jeff Devine, like I've got that coffee table book on my yeah. table right now, just like those beautiful images. But your surfing to me is very evocative of that, you know, like taking that like amazing style and flow that you can kind of like almost see the echoes of those mm. amazing surf Jedi's from the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. no, I feel like they. Uh, it was sort of like enlightened surfing and. Um, and yeah like when I and that's one of the parts that bums me out too is that there isn't much footage of the women mm. uh, surfing you know around those eras there's I mean you can barely find footage there's a few photos and stuff but yeah to see the imagery of Rel Sun and Margot mm. Oberg and Joyce Hoffman and all of those women it just it's the coolest and the best style and and um yeah I really Every time I'm surfing, I'm always trying to do a little ode to them at some point. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I love, do you know what? Like, I would say 70% of my guests in any interview, women mention Ralson. She's like mm -hmm. the synonymous vein going through every interview I'm doing recently. Yeah. And it's just like her surfing is obviously, even just like the images of her are still casting this spell on mm -hmm. so many people and are so beautiful. I just hope that people someone's going to find some like old VHS in their attic of like Rel or Margot and that they'll be able to be more footage going out of those ladies whose surfing was just like absolutely stunningly beautiful, beautiful wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. But that's why Girls Can't Surf was so epic as well. Like you were mm -hmm. in that movie and I love that film and I'm just such a like nostalgic 80s and 90s dork and just like <laughs> – those ladies were just I interviewed Jodie Cooper before you actually for this podcast and you know mm -hmm. heard a few more of her stories and she's absolutely hilarious but yeah she's such a legend and just like that footage I was like oh man this is so epic just seeing mm -hmm. obviously those ladies went through a lot of shit but also just yeah. like being able to see how they surfed and like their experiences of back then was so cool yeah that's what I really loved about the movie you know is that they they could have had a really bitter take on the whole thing, but they, you know, they were like, yeah, it was shit, but at the end of the day we were still doing what we loved to do, which was to go surfing and, and we'd, do, we'd do that for free, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, that all of the, the women in that film were so inspiring and, and you know, I feel very honoured that, that they kind of um, – felt like all roads led to to me in the end <laughs> and I you know I'm I'm so so lucky to have 
them pave the way. You know, I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be earning equal prize money if it wasn't for all the hard work that those women put in back in the day. And and um and yeah, they really made it happen. So it's it's hard to you know accept all of the accolades because yeah, I'm just sort of at the receiving end of all of their hard work. Amazing. And that's funny because Jodie was saying the same thing. She was like, you know, receiving accolades, but she's kind of crediting it to the women who came before her as well. And that's also something mm-hmm. that all of you ladies have said, like, you know, giving, paying homage to who came before you and crediting those women who also like put in the hard work before. So, I mean, for you, I feel like, you know, so many female professional surfers today, free surfers are like Steph Gilmore, Steph Gilmore, Steph Gilmore. <laughs> you know, you're going to be, you'll be, you'll be the lady who, you know, everyone's going to be saying that for a long time. <laughs> no, that's super cool. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what matters the most. It's, it's, you can win a bunch of trophies, but if you haven't, you know, if you leave people with a, a genuine sense of, um, inspiration for themselves to go out there and achieve their dreams and goals then uh yeah that's that's really the main point of all this to be honest amazing and this is drawing me to my last questions for you and just talking about inspiration um who is inspired like is there anyone who's really inspiring you or something maybe like three things that are really inspiring your surfing right now um right now uh I mean far out I I'm obviously uh I'm just a sucker for great athletes in any area you know whatever sport they're in um I'm good friends with Ash Barty and uh Mm. she's she's Australia's greatest tennis export I would say Mm -hmm. um and to see her go through her career, she's still so young, but, you know, she won Wimbledon, she won the French Open, and and then she won the Australian Open, and then she just dropped the mic. She's like, I'm world number one, and I I retire. That's that's me. I've, I've done it. So that was, that's pretty – it's not the route I would take, but I'm, I really admire her fearlessness in, in her approach to do things the way she wants to do it, and, you know, she's not phased by all of the – expectations around her which is really cool um and then you know I'm, I'm so inspired by someone like Mason Ho who just mm. is having an absolute ball every time he surfs Mason and Coco and Uncle Mike like they're such cool characters and I love the way they all just surf together and great vibes and um yeah huge, hugely inspired by that I'm also hugely inspired by someone like John John Florence who you know he's he's like what that's cool. I can be on the tour and stuff, but, and I know he still has a lot of unfinished business on tour, but he's like, I want to sail around the world. Like that's just, yeah, that's really special to me. And and that's what I really love about athletes who work, you know, they compete and their sports are in the ocean because it's a whole nother element that you have to learn about. And, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm hugely inspired by those sorts of people. They all like strike me as people who really kind of, move to the beat of their own drum which is really cool like mm-hmm. uh, all the all the other pursuits that they kind of go after as well which are just so interesting and yeah, yeah there's some amazing talent coming out with people who kind of do that like one of my favorite surfers right now is an Australian girl Jaleesa Vincent she's a free yeah, surfer and, cool. 
Oh my god, I just love all her like funky, wild edits she puts out, and her surfing is just like absolutely incredible too. And I just, yeah, I feel yeah, like I that's love, I love that surfing has so many different um, facets to it. Like everyone has their own character, has their own style. Like there really is no right or wrong way to do it, and it's like mm. you know, everyone, like you said, they. Um, what's I saying, walk to the beat of their own drum. It's just yes. such a, yeah, it's fascinating that there's really no right or wrong way to do it. But in professional surfing, it's like you're trying to climb to be the best. But realistically, it's such a subjective sport that, you know, who really says if you're the best? What, five guys on a panel? But it kind of is funny to me that, I'm, you know, we strive for this greatness. But at the end of the day, it's like what I think is great and what you think is great can be totally different. But that's the beauty of, of surfing. Absolutely. And um, I mean, that very nicely draws me to my final question for you. Um, and it might be a hard question, <laughs> but I ask all my guests this question, which is what ultimately would you like your legacy to be? <laughs> yeah, the old legacy one. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I really think that, um, I guess I just look to the characters that I've met throughout my life um, that, you know, I spent a little bit of time with them and I left feeling, um, you know, I felt fulfilled and, and I felt like I was uh, excited to continue on my mission. And um, I, so I think that's kind of my legacy would, would be that, yes, I was a world champion and whatever, but I also just uh, people got joy, like they felt joy when they watched me surf and um yeah it made them want to go surfing and made them want to be champions and it made them want to be authentic I think that's that's kind of my legacy if that makes sense Amazing. yeah it does <laughs> that's an excellent answer and um man it's so good to talk to you thank you so much for your time it was so good to chew the fat and find out how everything has been as well recently um but yeah thank you so much Steph for joining us on the drop-in sessions you're welcome thanks for having me